0: about, the time of your coming, and we just want to be ready. We want to be ready. We want to be found, like Jesus said, we want to be found busy, working, doing the things that we should be doing as your servants, and we thank you for it. Anoint us now to receive the word of the Lord today that you have for us. Uh, Give me a mouth to speak, anointing to speak, ears to hear what you say to my spirit to say, and give them ears to hear what you have to say, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. And amen. Well, you can certainly be seated. Yeah, it's great to be here this morning. Um, this morning, um, I, uh, I had two messages, but I'm only going to preach one of them. So. <laughs> and the one I have is a seminar. So anyway, but I won't, I won't go that long. But I want to just share some things. And I'd like for you to go to uh, the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, if you would. And what I want to talk about this morning, just for a little while, is uh, surviving and thriving Amen. in the end times. Amen. Not just surviving, but thriving. Amen. How many people in the end times? That's right. Amen. Certainly. By 1972, I had a vision, a night, I, I, what the Bible calls, the book of Daniel calls a night vision, and uh, of, of, of Jesus, and that was. Uh, 72, that would be 51 years ago, and in this vision, uh, it didn't last very long, but I saw Jesus, I saw him just from, that, from the head down to the, to the waist, right in that area, and he filled the whole sky. I was on a football field and in our town, the little town we lived in at the time, it had a football field, and I was on the football field, and I saw him from his head down to his waist. And he just spoke this to me. He said, I'm coming back soon. And that was the end of the vision. And his voice was like, you know, later on I read the book of Revelation, because I hadn't, I don't know if I'd ever read that scripture up to that time in my life. Uh, probably not. Uh, but, I, but in the book of Revelation, it talks about his voice is the sound of many waters. And I thought, boy, that's exactly what it sounded like. It sounded like a filled every crevice, you know. And um, that was 51 years ago. And so if he said he's come back 51 years ago, then uh, we're getting close. Amen. Amen. And um, so I want to just talk about how, you know, we're living in the end times. We might as well embrace that, accept that, and uh, learn to not only survive it, but thrive in it. I actually have a series on surviving the end times, but but it's just like we don't want to just survive. We want to thrive because there's a lot of people that aren't going to survive it. I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but that's what the Bible says. And, uh, you know, Dr. Barclay had a guy in his church, and he said, he said I preached on, I think he, he preached or said something about the uh, rapture of the church. And uh, thank God for that. I'm going. How about you? Amen. And, uh, you know, people want to argue when you're going to go. I've taken, as soon as I can go, I'm going. Amen. And I haven't believed that. that's before the tribulation. But, so Dr. Berkeley has preached along those lines, and this guy kind of challenged him in his church, and he said, uh, he said well, I believe, Pastor, we're going through the tribulation. Yep. And I love what Dr. Berkeley said. He said, you're not. He said, what do you mean, Pastor? He said, you can't even make it to church now. Yeah. You're not going to make it in the tribulation. Yeah, you know, if we can't make it now, That's right. That's right. we're not going to make it when, when right. everything hits, amen. Amen. So, but God, God doesn't want us just to make it. He wants us to thrive. Amen. 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 Now, I want us to. Um, <laughs> this may not be the most positive message you've heard lately, but <laughs> it'll help you. Come on. Come on. It'll help you. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. Mm-hmm. Literally, in other words, the Spirit's emphatic about this. You look up the word expressly, and it means he's outspokenly saying this. He's distinctly saying this. In other words, uh, there's no doubt about this. That it, and here's what he said, that in the latter times, now the word latter literally means this, the very, very end. The very, very end, which... That's where we're at right now, the very, very end. We're not just in the last days, we're in the last of the last days. Thank God for it, amen. Amen. Now, he says, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing or deceiving spirits and doctrines of Demons or devils. Well, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen a, a, a demon preaching from the pulpit on Sunday morning, but yet they use people. Right. So these doctrines of demons that people are going to give heed to, they're coming from behind the pulpits right. on Sunday morning. Right. We have to know that. So there's some teachings that they're not they're doctrines of demons. And Paul said that some shall depart from the faith. Um, giving heed to that, to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. In other words, literally what he's saying is they will leave the word of God. Right. They'll leave the word. Right. They'll, they'll drift from the Bible. Well, we're seeing that today in America. That's right. Amen. Amen. I, I am, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the right word, I'm shocked, I guess I should say, by how far America has fallen in just 10 years, let alone since I've been a Christian. I mean, e- even as a sinner, I was a drug-using, uh, rock and roll, you know, 60, 70 sinner. Um, even, even, even that, we, we had some values about us. We, we, you know, we knew right from wrong. You understand what I'm talking about? Right. I mean, it, it, it's not like if you, it, it, if uh, we didn't call, like today, we didn't call good evil and evil good. Come on, yeah. right. We knew really we were doing wrong. We just wanted to live that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now, people don't even know what's good and what's evil. They, their minds their have become just exactly like what the Bible said in Romans chapter 1, reprobate. Reprobate mind means no no judgment, no void of judgment. They can't judge what's right and wrong, and they, and and they're teaching our young people these things. They're teaching them in schools. They're teaching them. It's like my, my pastor says the their local school today is Satan's youth group. They're teaching them all these things. So we as we as the church, we got to hold, we we can't we can't be uh, we can't be compromising. We have got to hang on to the Word of God, Amen. and that's. Uh, they, they're going to drift from the Bible. They're going to drift away from the Bible. And yet, we, we see that. We see churches today... I told you, this isn't going to be like a shouting message, but I think you're going to get something out of it. But anyway, this is, this is, not, this is what the Lord's serving today. This is what's on the menu. I tried to preach on uh, ownership versus possession, but I can't do that, so I've got to preach on this. So we'll, just, we'll talk about this for a while, all right? So you have to understand, one of the things, that if we're going to survive and we're going to thrive, and I'm going to give you some things that we've got to do if we're going to survive and thrive, not just survive, but thrive in the last days, one of the things that we, we've got to watch is that we don't leave the Bible. We don't leave the Bible. The Bible is the standard. Right. Amen. Paul, Paul said this. He said that there would come a great, that before the Antichrist comes, there would come a falling away. A falling away. We're saying that. Now what does that mean? A departure from the faith. America is leaving the faith. Churches are leaving the faith. I'm surprised at the believers that are leaving the faith. Yeah. Now just because you go to church doesn't mean you, you haven't left the faith. Amen. Yeah. See, there's many churches in America right now are apostate. They've left the faith. They call themselves a church. They belong to domination, but, but the candlestick has been removed. It's been taken out because they've drifted from God's Word. Amen. It's not all bad news, but we've got to be prepared. Amen. We've got to be ready. We can't leave the Bible because the Bible will make us strong. Amen. See, what Paul, Paul said, he said this in Timothy. He said that in the last days, perilous times would come. The amplified Bible says times that are hard to deal with, hard to bear, would come. But then he went on and he told us what would happen. People would be like this, and we see what Paul said the way people would be like. That's the way they are today. But then he went on and he told us what to do. He said, you continue in the things you've learned. He said, evil men seducers will get worse and worse, but you continue in the things you've learned. Stick with the word. Are you with me? See, what we learned 30 years ago, 40 years ago, it still works today. It's still the Word of God. And I'm seeing people leave that and change that and say, well, that's just old school. No, that's the Bible. Come on, folks, that's the Bible. And so we're at that place where, number one, if we're going to survive and thrive in the last days, we we can't leave the Bible. We've got to stick with the Word. Man, I... People, listen, we don't need less word time. We need more of it. But yet, uh, sermons are getting shorter. It doesn't need to get shorter. I me know that. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, a guy said this, a pastor, he said, he, he he said, I had a couple leave my church, and he said, they, they just wrote me a letter and told me why they left. He said, they've been with me for 16 years, and... Faithful, and he said, they left my church, and they said, Pastor, the reason we're leaving your church is you preach the, the Bible too much. Wow. Uh, well, you know, they, if you're looking for a place that doesn't preach the Bible, there's plenty of those, but let's don't leave the word of God, amen? Let's stick with the word, right? Amen. See, what happens, and people don't realize this, if you don't stay, if you don't keep your mind, listen, if you don't keep, your, if you don't keep yourself in this book, through reading this book, through coming to the house of God and letting someone preach to you this book because you're not going to get any higher level of anointing than you're going to get when you're sitting listening to the anointed word of God preached to you. I know after 40 years, I get the most I get the most level of faith by somebody preaching to me. Now, I get faith from reading my Bible. Do understand misunderstand me? But I get more faith when I'm listening to somebody under the anointing of God led by the Holy Ghost preaching to me the word of God. That's the highest level of faith and the most importations I ever get. That's just after 40 years of experience, I know that. That's just the way it is. And so, you know, we got, we got, if if we don't, what happens is, see, the Paul said, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your your mind. Now, that, that, I I don't know why I didn't know this, I guess, because, well, well, I'm just as dumb as everybody else, I guess. But one day it hit me (laughs) that you don't just get your mind renewed and bam, you're done. You know, it's like, I'm there now. I'm good. You have to keep it renewed. That's right. Because the world is constantly trying to conform it. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Constantly trying to change. They're, they're trying to make us all conform to one way of thinking. And it's working for a lot of believers. They're thinking like the world thinks. But you have to keep your mind in the Bible and keep your mind renewed. It's like a Supreme Court Justice said one time he said, You know what? He said, if something was wrong 200 years ago, it's still wrong today. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed. So why are some things being accepted in the church that we, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we thought was wrong? Am I preaching too good or something? Should I? All right. How how many know that that if it was wrong 20 years ago, it was wrong 30 years ago, it was wrong 40 years ago, it's still wrong today. God hadn't changed his mind about a thing. Now today, if you if you stand up for truth, you get called all kinds of names. Oh, yeah. That's right. But see, Jesus was a little smarter than sometimes we are. We try to argue, and Jesus said, have you, never read? Yeah. have you never read? In other words, you want to argue something, argue for this. Have you never read? This is what the book says. This isn't what I said. I'm fine with it, when God's okay with it. How about you? Amen. But if he doesn't like it, if he hates it, how many know I should hate it? Amen? Right? Amen. So what's happening is people's minds are being conformed back to the world and not the word of God. And we have to keep ourselves. It's especially important today to keep yourself in this book because everything you see almost today, everything you run into today, you can't turn on, you can't watch even sporting events with them trying to renew your mind to something that's contrary to the word of God. It's all over the place. And some people are falling for it, but I, I'm not going to change. How about you? I'm going to stick with the word. That's right. What I learned 40 years ago, it still works today. Amen. Amen. It's still the truth today. And so, you know, we have, to, we, have to, we have to realize that we have to keep our mind renewed. We have to just say it like this. Don't leave the Bible. Amen. Stay with the word of God. Stay Amen. with the Bible, Amen. In all areas of life, you know they, they tried to kill us all through COVID. You know what I'm saying? They tried to. They try to kill. Now, now there's another other stuff coming out and all that. And they, you know, but listen, stay with the Word of God, Amen. Amen. Stay with the Word of God. Just stick with it, Amen. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have to understand that because we are we live in a time. Uh, it's, like, it's it's the time that Isaiah talked about in Isaiah sixty when he said the gross darkness would cover the earth, but the glory would arise and be seen on you. Amen. That's the time we're living in, Amen. and it's like two clouds. It's like it's like a a, a dark cloud, and then the glory cloud, and that dark cloud has arrived. It's here, and inside of it is every kind of damnable thing the devil has and it's come not just on America it has come on America but it's come on the whole earth but yet there's another cloud that's on the horizon and it's the glory cloud and it's filled with every good thing God has and it's coming on the earth now we have to be sure that we run towards the glory cloud and not the dark cloud we run towards that cloud. That cloud's with God's people. Amen? You know, uh, I love the church. How about you? I know not everybody in the church, but thank God for the church. Right. Amen? Right. So if we're going to survive, if we're going to thrive in these end times, we've we got to stay with the word. Don't leave the Bible. This is what's happening in America, is a drift from the Bible. Our country has, has drifted from the Bible. Amen. You say, is there any hope? Yeah, there is. You turn back to the Bible. Get back to the Bible. Amen. You know, you see all of the things that are going on today, you know, uh, in our schools and in and, and different institutions. It's all because we left the Word. You can't just not, you know, it's like, what some people want to do is they, they want to they want to just uh, let's just leave God out because he offends some people. You don't you can't just leave God out. When you leave God out, if you take God out, devil comes in. That's right. Something fills the vacuum, and so the issues that we had when I was a kid, uh, they're just minor compared to what we have today. We've got to get back to the Bible. Amen. So, number one, don't leave the Bible. Stay with the Bible. America has drifted from the Bible. The church, not all the church, a church like this, certainly not, a church like ours, certainly not, has drifted from the Bible. Drifted from the Word. And the Word is the only foundation we have to keep us strong in these last days. And so, we have, to, we have to keep our minds removed with the word, amen? How do I know certain things are wrong? Because I read the word. The Bible says those that practice such things won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Now, you know, I don't just pick on one. There's a lot of things the Bible says won't, people won't inherit the kingdom of God. You know, Sometimes we sit on one or two, but there are several things. I'm not against people. I'm just against things that mess people's lives up. Amen? Amen. Now, we to Matthew chapter 25, and I want to look at this scripture here. Uh, I'm going to try to just kind of just give you a condensed, you, you know, version of this. This is really a series, honestly, but um, I want to give you a kind of condensed version, um, a potent shot of what you got to do if you're going to survive and thrive in the end times. Because God is going to have a church that's thriving. He said it. He said he's coming after a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Now, that means to me that when Jesus comes, the church is going to look better than it's ever looked. Amen. 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 I've done many, many weddings over the last 40-some years. And... um, it's amazing to me. You have a rehearsal, you know, the rehearsal thing. And so we have the rehearsal and, uh, you know, all the wedding party comes and the family comes and it's just really a lot of fun. Not. <laughs> and so <laughs> you see that young lady, you know, and she's got her blue jeans on and T-shirt, no makeup. And then the next day you see her. And you think this guy has done went and got him another woman overnight. This ain't the same girl we had here last night. But you know, she wants to look her best for her wedding day. Amen. Take a picture. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So why? Because that's a very special day to her. I'm convinced that the Lord Jesus wants his church to look the very best it's ever looked when he comes to get it. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. Uh, I believe, even though all this is going on in the earth today, even though all this mess is going on, don't let it discourage you. We're the church of the living God. That's right. the, world that God the Lord has the Lord always, listen now, he has always been able to handle the world. He has always been able to deal with them. He's always been able to rise his people up. He brought them out of Egypt. And he brought them out with silver and gold. And they enjoyed gladness. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Why? Because God is able, amen, to slap this world around any way he needs to. Amen. 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 And he. He's able, I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying, but he's able to take the church and exalt the church. I don't care if they tell us we can't preach this or we can't do that. they can't stop us. He right. can't, no. We're the church of the living God. We can't be stopped. That's right. Amen. You know, I know this preaches good in America, but it lives out in other places. I've got friends from other places where they don't allow... I mean, I have a friend, he's he's in the United States now, but for a while, whenever he sent me an email, he'd have to use codes to talk to you about the gospel, you know, because if the country where he's at found out, then they'd arrest you for talking about that. But, you know, he still preached the gospel there and still saw people get born again, healed, delivered, and filled with the Holy Ghost. You you can't stop the move of God. Amen. 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 It's unstoppable. And so, you know, the devil would try to pile on try to pile the piling on thing pile all kinds of things on the church and all kinds of you know um, well and it's worked on some people but it's not working on me and I hope it's not working on you amen, amen. amen. you know people say well, you're, you're still preaching the same thing you preached 40 years ago well thank you 40 years later I'll still be preaching them why because if it's the truth why would you want to change amen you know, we saw that go through the phase where people started preaching what was popular, but it wasn't truth, and it grew their churches, but then they had a mess. It's like one guy, this one guy that was the founder of all this seeker-friendly church thing. You know, the, the, he was, I won't name him, he, and I believe he, I honestly believe he, he tried to do it. I believe he had good motives, but when you leave the word, you're going to get in trouble. You don't compromise the word, Right? They quit preaching on tithing and all, and any kind of dedication or expecting anything out of people. Like, we're not going to do that to our church. Come to our church. We expect you to act like a be, We expect you to do some things. We'll put you to work. Take your money. <laughs> Amen. Tithes <Come on. laughs> and offerings. You know what I'm saying? You know. Hey, listen up. You know. And, and we're going to preach responsibility, live right, and everything else. But you know, he left all of that. You know. And then one day, one day, he said this. And I thank God for his honesty. He said, "You know what?" He said, I've amassed a lot of people. I think he had 15,000 people. He said, I've amassed a lot of people. He said, but they're all the wrong people. In other words, I have a heart for God, but none of these people do. Mm-hmm. Well, see, you preach to them. You know, people will go to the level you preach. I think God to preach it high. Right. Right. I think God to preach it so much, we just all get under conviction. Amen. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? We all, we all repent. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, sometimes I hear some of, I've got one friend, you know, he's from another country, and I hear sometimes some of the things he's gone through and still kept his faith and still kept, you know, been thrown and put in prison and work camp. This kid comes out preaching out his faith about him, and i thinking, My Lord Jesus, uh, I hope I have that much strength in me. Amen. Amen. And the way, the way you're strong, the way Jesus said, is by the Word. Yeah. He said that uh, that's the foundation you build your life on. Amen. So you have to keep your mind renewed because the world's constantly trying to conform you to their, their thinking. That's what commercials are all about. I don't know if you know that. Or not. They're trying to get you to think. Right? I mean, they're trying to get you to buy their product and so forth and all that. And that's not necessarily always bad, but, you know, um, and I'm, I got to watch it because Phyllis says I'm real. What do you say I am? Upside lovely, good-looking, a major blessing. What else did you say about... Impressionable. Impressionable. In other words, I can see a billboard that says, best ribs in town. Next thing you know, that's where my head, my truck's headed to. Let's go there and try those out. <laughs> it's usually a lie. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, as he says, you're impressionable, you know? So, it, you know, and, and some people have more of that about them. So you got to keep yourself, you know, filled with the Word so you're not drawn away. So you're not... Now, now, listen, now, people thought we could be, if we don't do the right things, we could drift from the Bible... Right. And when we drift from the Bible, then we depart from the faith. We fall away. We quit believing the Bible. Uh, you can go to church and still be backslidden. Right. You can go to church and still not be right with God. Now, some churches you couldn't ha- you couldn't last long there because of the way they preached, they preached under too much conviction, and you'd end up leaving. But Amen. amen. You know, yes, I'm sure this church has happened. You had it happen. You preach. You preach it straight enough. I don't mean mean, but I mean just the word. And some people are like, by the word, they'll get up and they'll leave. Man, I've had them walk out of the service. I'm thinking, well, I must have hit you. You know what they say. You throw a rock in a pack of wild dogs. The one that yelps the loudest, that's the one you hit. That's right. You know, they, you, I'm just throwing rocks in the water. <laughs> well, I'll say, yeah, I must have hit them. You, know? you should have been cool about it and said, hey, I didn't need that. That must be, you know. But how do you know? We, are, we all are going to be changing all of our life aren't we? That's right. When I first got saved, I I'm really mean this. I don't mean this in an uh, arrogant way. I don't mean this in a prideful way. I was just this stupid. When I first got saved, I thought, man, God has got something here because I quit drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon beer, Bacardi's and Coke, and quit smoking marijuana and doing drugs. I thought I have given it up for Jesus. Praise God. I must be one of those elders the Bible talks about, you know, the 24 elders, you know. <laughs> now, that, everybody say stupid. How many you can be saved and still be stupid, right? I mean, just a baby, the Lord, I thought, man, you know, it didn't take me long to figure out that I still had issues, that I still needed some cleaning up. It's like the Lord, like, quit calling people names, quit saying things. Well, I, I started preaching when I was four months old in the Lord. So I'm just a baby in Jesus Christ. I, I've still got my pampers on. I'm still sucking on a pacifier. And I'm out preaching in churches. You, you know, listen, now I did, I committed myself to God. I, feel, I was filling myself up with the Word, but I'm still a babe. And I would say things so rough sometimes, it'd almost be like, leave God or die, dummy, get figured out, you know. And after a while, God began to do Don't do that. Don't say that. Walk in love. And I realized, you know what? I may not be one of those elders after all. I think I still got some things wrong with me, even though I gave up past, I still think God, you know, I still think there's some issues with me. Guess what? Forty years later, you know what God's saying? Don't say that. Don't do that. Shut up. Well, I still got issues. How about you? You <laughs> still working on the remap? Matthew 25. Go there. So, we have, see, if we're going to survive and thrive, we, we've got to make sure we don't leave the Bible. Amen. Amen. Many are doing it today. Many churches are doing it. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? You know, I see, when I see signs, you know, uh, and this may be offensive to people, but I'm just being truthful. When, I'm, when I see signs, church signs, that have the, the gay pride flag and say, you know, everybody's welcome here, I'm thinking, well, you, you left the Bible. Of course you're welcome here. Of course you are. Uh, but uh, we're not going to leave you the way you came, honey. That's right. Right. We're going to put some change into you. Change? Why? Because of the Word of God. Yes. That's right. Amen. right. says, well, you're a bigot. No, if I'm a bigot, God's a bigot. Because I got this from him. Amen. I got this out of his book. Come on. Now, let me just say this. You know, there's a lot of other issues that his book talks about, too. But we can't accept anything that's lower than the standard of the word, even in our lives. Right, right. Isn't that right? we got things in our own life. You know, we just got to be honest about it and say, you've got to change it, son. you got to change it, daughter. Amen? Right. So, now, here in Matthew 25, uh, verse 1, now Jesus has been talking about the end times. He's been talking about his return, his coming, the signs of the end times. So he's talking about the end times, and in Matthew 25, verse 1, he says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be like unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, the word then indicates a time frame, and the time frame is the time frame he's talking about, the end times. Everybody say, then. Yeah. The end times. Yeah. This is what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like in the end times. Uh, that's the time we're living in. This is what it's going to be like. Uh there were ten virgins. They went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five were wise, and five were foolish. Mm-hmm. So Jesus said, in the end times, this is what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. It, it, there's going to be people in the kingdom that are wise and people that are foolish. Yeah. Wise and foolish. He says this, he says, that, they that were foolish, they took their lamps, and they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels, with their lamps. So, what was the difference between the wise and the foolish? The difference was the wise realized they might need extra oil for this time, the foolish didn't. So, the difference was the extra oil. And what the parable is all about, I won't read the whole thing. There's several verses we could read. But the parable is about this whole thing about uh, not having extra oil and your lamp going out. See? And what Jesus is saying is the wise people in the kingdom in the last days are going to know they need extra oil. What does that mean? Well, it means they need extra oil extra time with God. They need extra church. They need extra word. They need extra prayer. Not cut back, but more. Which is what Paul said. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together and so much the more, not less, more as you see the day approaching you're going to need something extra to make it through these last days. What what you had 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you've got to move on and get some extra stuff. You've got to have some extra oil if you're going to make it through. Amen. Amen. See, there's so many foolish Christians right now. They've laid their Bibles down. They've stopped praying. They've stopped worshiping. They've stopped going to the house of the Lord. They've stopped living holy, and and, um, they're they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. They're just not going to make it. You know, nobody uh, nobody backslides overnight. Nobody gets up and say, "You know what? Today, I think I'm going to backslide." I haven't done that in a while. I mean, we don't you don't do that. It's little by little. How right. I many know? Just it, well, for instance, just like you know, uh, don't raise your hand. Has anybody ever put on weight? <laughs> yeah. Don't you just don't you just want to slap those people in your church that they've stayed the same weight for 40 years? You know, maybe they put four ounces on, on Thanksgiving or something, and you just want to slap them, like, how do you do that? <laughs> but let you me know, you, you, don't, you, <laughs> you don't go and you don't have one meal and gain 40 pounds. Right. 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 It's little by little, Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could eat a lot. You could, you could put on some. We we, we saw we was at this place uh, in uh, near in Amarillo, Texas. It was like a, a well, it wasn't like it was a steakhouse, and they had a steak challenge, you know, and they you 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 got a seventy-two ounce steak, and you got a six no three or six three shrimp three shrimp, and you got a a baked potato, you got a salad and a big yeast roll. And so, you got an hour to eat it, you know. And so, we were, you know, and a couple of guys were taking on the challenge. One of those boys is a big boy, and I'm thinking, he's going to be able to do it, you know. He's going to pull this off, but he couldn't do it, you know. He couldn't do it either. And uh, uh, so, you get an hour to eat the whole thing. And then, was uh, she wasn't there, but the one that holds the record, I saw her online, her. You notice I said her? The, the 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 person that holds the record for eating that thing it, it weighs 125 pounds. Wow! Yeah, she's a petite lady, and she ate that 72 ounce steak, the baked potato, the three shrimp, the yeast roll, and the salad in under five minutes. Now, Phyllis said. There's no way she couldn't have done it. No way. So I googled it online because they they video this when you do this and they keep it online. She didn't just eat one of them. She ate two of those meals in under fifteen minutes. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Her name is Molly Schuyler. When I saw her eat that, when I saw her eat that, I told FISA this is not a normal woman. (laughs) What was your first clue? The first ounce steak, that was my first clue. This is not a normal woman here we're dealing with here. And it turns out she's a competitive eater. Now, if you ate that much, maybe you could put on 10 pounds. But, have you know, but normally, it's little by little, right? There's little every... And how you know, many when you go to take it off? You don't lose it all at once. See, that's the same way of backsliding. Now, I told you all that. Just tell you that's the way backsliding is. You don't just... Walking away from God one day, little by little, you start compromising, well, I don't need to do this, I don't need to do this as much, and I don't need to do that as much. Little by little, you're walking away from God. You don't know it. And you you, want to, you you become one of the foolish virgins that you don't have the extra oil because in these last days I'm telling you if you're going to live strong for God you've got to have extra oil in these last days. That's what that's what this whole parable is about that Jesus talked about. It's verse one through thirteen. He talks about you're going to have to have extra oil or you're going to miss it. What do he you say? Your lamp's going to go out. Now what happens when your lights go out? You can't see to get ready. And so what's going to happen, and what is happening, is I'm seeing Christians that used to be on fire for God. They used to be there every time He had service. They used to be hungry for the teaching and preaching of the word. They used to be hungry to worship God. But now, nah, not as much, you know. Yeah, hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and What's going to happen is they keep doing that. They, that might have worked 30 years ago, but now in the end times, now in these last days, it, you're going to get taken out. You're not going to survive. You're certainly not going to thrive. I don't know about you. I want to do more than just survive. I want to thrive. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 21. Go there. Come on, are you getting something? Yeah. Trying to watch my clock in? I don't know how long I've been going, but I want to just kind of stow this to you in seed form. It's not, you know, the most exciting, can't wait to hear it message. But we really need stuff like this in these last days to challenge us to make sure we're not one of those that Paul talked about, that some shall depart from the faith. See, there's actually, right now, there's a, there, there is a great falling away going on in America. It's happening. You say, well, there's revival also. Yes, they're both coexisting at the same time. And, but there's a great falling away happening in 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 our country and uh, and even in the church people are falling away and i've been god's had me to warn people for the last two three four years i'll bring it up in my preaching all the time i don't just specifically preach messages about it but i'll say something about it because i'm concerned about what i'm seeing in people's lives I'm thinking, guys, I'm telling you, when the heat gets turned up, you're not going to make it. It's going to take some elite troops to make it in these last days. Amen. You know, you don't just... It's kind of like this. I used to run races every now and then. I know you can't can't tell it now, (laughs) but I used to be a slimmer. And uh, you would have people that would come and they thought it was a good idea Did you know, and I never did a full marathon, but I would do halves. I never did a full one. Uh, But 13.1 miles is not something you just decide it's a good idea. And I would see them and end up in the medical tents on the back of golf carts. I was running one time and saw one lady laying in the side of the ditch, laying over in the ditch. I was like the, uh, I wasn't the good Samaritan. I was the Levite. I just kept on going. <laughs> i got to finish here. Somebody will find her. <laughs> I know you're a loving pastor is, all right? Yeah. Thank God. But I'm sorry. That's just what I did. I'm just behind. I was like, oh, gosh. hope she makes it. That was somebody that thought it was a good idea but didn't realize what was ahead. They didn't realize you gotta. There's going to be times along that journey you're going to want to quit. There's going to be times your body is going to say you're a fool. You're killing me. But you have to press through it. You have to be trained. You, we, we would, I would always do like t- before I ever run one. of So I basically, the, you know, would just about run the whole run one of those before I actually ran one of those. You know, uh, I would take the. Anyway, but what I'm saying is, in these last days, it's going to take elite people to make it through it. There's a flood that's hit our, it's hit the earth. It's, it's hit, and it's going to take those that will get over in the flood of glory to to make it. Amen. Are you not going to make it? And I, I want people to make it, don't you? Amen. Look at this. I got to hurry. Look, look at Luke twenty one. Jesus said this in verse 25, he said, there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress or anguish of nations with perplexity, the word perplexity means to be at a loss, the sea and the waves roaring. Well, we're there right now, aren't we? We're the nations there in anguish and they're perplexed, they don't know what to do, do they? I mean, some of the answers that politicians come up with to fix things are so ridiculous, it's just... It's like, how can you get this dumb? You can't get this dumb on your own. You, gotta, you have to have help. Because we know it doesn't work, right? I mean, we've got a Congress or Senate and administrations that, that they want to borrow money to, to, to help with our financial debt problem. <laughs> Is there any way that makes any sense to you that I'm trying to get out of debt, someone borrow some money, get out of debt? No. But that's where we're at. He says in verse 26, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Now that, th- this is interesting. Where well, he says men's hearts failing, them. I believe I believe it has a twofold meaning. I believe it means people's hearts will, will literally physically stop, physically stop. But this also means to breathe out. Or to sigh. You ever done that? (sighs) What does that mean? Well, it means you're fainting, you're giving up. And he said that's going to happen because people are, the King James says it this way, looking after the things which are coming upon the earth. In other words, in these last days, we have to, and this is the next key. We have to watch what we're focusing on. You see, you've got to keep your focus right. And I'm going to show you, the Bible tells us what to focus on. But when you think about it, if if you follow the news more than you do your Bible, you're going to lack peace. You've got to watch what you're following. I didn't say you had to be ignorant, not knowing what's going on. But don't speak your time following the bad news. It's like when the Lord said this to me about the clouds. You know, I talked about the dark cloud and the glory cloud. The Lord said this to me about three or four years ago. He said, because I was doing it. He said, don't focus on the dark cloud. That's not your cloud. Focus on the glory cloud. That's your cloud. Quit focusing on all the bad news and all this and focus on the good news. If you don't, if you don't, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not going to have peace in these last days because peace is going to be a really rare commodity. It's going to be something hard to find, but it can be found still in Jesus. It can be found in his church. It can be found in the word of God, but it can't be found out in the world. It's not there. It's not there. See, Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace not as the world gives unto you. He just stop, because I, these are things that happen. Uh, I saw this, um, this, well, years ago, there used to be a Michelin tire commercial on when I was, you know, back in the 70s, and it was like, had this little baby playing in the Michelin tires, and it's like peace of mind through Michelin tires. So they were telling you, if you want peace, you got to have the right kind of tires on your vehicle. Well, I don't know about you, but it's been a long time since I felt a lot of peace because I have the right kind of tires on. i mean, yeah. in good years or whatever, you know? Then I saw once a peace of mind through life insurance. Well, I thought, yeah, I've got life insurance, but I'm not going to use it. But i am i got a measure of natural peace that I know that if I went to heaven tomorrow, Phyllis has got some money, you know? She can... Do what she wants to, you know. Marry some other guy and sleep, sit on my couch, whatever. Uh, and have some money to do it, praise the Lord. I mean, by that time, I'm not going to care. I'm in heaven. I'm, saying, no, I'm not Jesus. I was like, all yeah. right, moving right along. Then I saw one, and it was in our local paper, the Evansville Press, uh, and this was years ago, I saw it, it said, peace of mind through a prepaid burial plot. And I thought, you know, it doesn't give me a whole lot of peace to know there's a hole out there waiting on me. What gives me peace is to know if I do go in the hole, I'm coming out. And that's through Jesus. That's through the resurrection. That's through the Word of God. That's the only thing that's going to give me peace about that hole out there. I'm not going to be driving my friends going, hey, that's where I'm going to be buried at right there. That's fine. That's my no. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Amen. You know. But listen to what he said. Uh, so, so, how many of you guys? See, I remember this. No, I'll, I'll say this. I remember when, in 1980 when CNN came out with 24-hour news. We just thought that was awesome. We thought, oh my gosh, 24-hour news, man. I mean, we were. I remember. Remember, I thought, wow, isn't that something? Twenty. I mean, this. You know, we were used to you know, at about midnight, dun 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 the station went off. CNN's never going off. I thought, isn't that great? Now after years of I think that was a stupid idea. That was the dumbest thing it could happen. We don't need twenty four hour news. Unless it's good news. Amen. We don't need twenty four hours of bad news. And today it's evolved into 24 hours of lies. There you go. Yeah. Verse 27, moving along here. Yeah. Verse 27, he says, And when they shall see, and then they shall see the Son of Man coming in, in the cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. What is he saying? Don't focus on that. Focus on your redemption. Focus on your redemption. In other words, I'm to focus on the fact that, yes, all these things are coming to pass, but guess what? I have redemption. I have redemption from all the death destruction that's going on in this world. And then I have future redemption that the Lord's going to jerk me out of this place at, at some point. When it gets to the point it's time for the church to get out and he's going to jerk us all out of here. But until that time, I have redemption. I have promises. The Peter said, "These precious promises have made us partakers of the divine nature, and we are delivered and redeemed from the corruption that's in the world." So I'm not to focus on CNN. I'm to focus on the Word of God and my promises. So the next thing you need to focus you need you need to watch what you're focusing on. Don't spend your time focusing on the wrong thing. See, we are in a time of distractions. I've never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. And Jesus warned down a few verses later, he talked about be like a snare for some because of the cares of this life, Mm -hmm. the distractions of this life. I was talking to an evangelist friend of mine the other day, and, and, and he was saying, you know, he said, I can only get meetings now. Uh, on the day that there's church, he said, "If if I'm called, if, if I get a call to preach at a church on Sunday, he said, I can't preach again until Wednesday night." He said, "I go to that church and I have to stay, preach on Sunday and stay in a hotel Monday and Tuesday, and then tr- go to the other church on Wednesday, and then." stay Thursday and Friday and Saturday and go to the next church on Sunday if he's not close enough to go home. If you follow what I'm saying? And I said, well, the reason why, I said pastors don't have those extended meetings any longer is because people don't come. Right. They're too distracted. Yeah. And I said, That's the, that, I'm just telling you the pastor's side of it why we don't. But I said, you know what? I've had a change of heart. I've decided let them all stay home, I'm still going to have church. There you go. There you go. If only 25 or 50 or 70 of them show up, I'm still going to have church. Amen. Because I said, I've just discovered I'm cheating the, the, the 25, the 40, the 50 because the rest don't want to come. And I said, I'm stopping that. So, so he's coming to my church for three nights, for three services. He said, I, I don't get that. I said, well, that's the reason why. It's not the pastors don't want to do it. It's just people are so distracted today. Amen. And we got to all watch it. I'm not just getting on sheep. Pastors right. get distracted. Amen. Amen. Are you good now? Oh, yeah. All right, can we go uh, one more, th- couple more things? Yeah. Go to 1 John chapter 4, and I'll close out. I didn't mean to go so long. I don't know how long I've been going, but anyway, I'm, I'm winding down. I really am. 1 John chapter, chapter 4. So, so so, let me just give this to you again. We, 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 if we're going to survive and thrive in the end times, don't leave the Bible. I don't care what the world does, don't you leave the Bible. I don't care what the church does, don't you leave the Bible. Are you Listen to me. So I know a church like this is staying with the Bible because I know you're pastors. But if I went to a church that left the Bible, I'd leave the church. I'm going to find me a Bible church. What's a Bible? A Bible church is a church that believes what the Bible says and they believe what it said 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, they still believe the same thing. That's a Bible church. Right. Amen. They're not changing with the times. We're not rewriting the Bible. Right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, I said this. You know, what, 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 the, what the world would like to see is, is to, to, to get the influence of the church out of the United States. And But did you know, here's the thing. You could throw every Bible away tomorrow. You could throw every Bible away. Get, take them all, burn them all, get rid of them all. You didn't change the word. It's still the thing. You still answer to what that book said. You didn't change anything. Amen. Not change the thing. Now, First John says this in verse 3. It says, Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, it's not of God. And this is the... This is the spirit of Antichrist. Mm -hmm. We have heard that it should come, and even now it's already in the world. You, everybody say me. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you're going to thrive in these last days, you need to know that the greater one is inside of you. And he's greater than all those Antichrist spirits that are attacking the church right now. Amen. Paul said it like this. He says, talked about the excellency of the power being in us in in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. He said that that we have the excellency of the power of God in us. He said we have his treasure in earth and vessels. The excellency of the power in the King James, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I believe, chapter 4. When it says excellency of the power, what it really is, is, what it really says is the superior power. In other words, he says the superior power is in us. We have the superior power in us. Amen. Now, you know, I like to watch football. You know, it's not it's not going to be in heaven, but uh, I still like to watch football. And you know, if that ball gets loose, all these big, heavy men, they jump on that little ball. You ever feel sorry for the ball? You got this. You ever see a fumble? I mean, they just they're trying to pull them out of there, trying to see who get. You know, there'll just be a big pile of guys on top of that ball. And and so, there that little ball is underneath all that beef. I mean, there's a ton of beef or more on top of that little ball. And that little ball still doesn't pop. Isn't that amazing? The reason it doesn't pop is because it has pressure on the inside of it. And the pressure on the inside of the ball is greater than the pressure of all the fat men jumping on it. That's exactly what John is saying the pressure inside of you is greater than all those fat devils trying to jump on you from the outside. We have to know that and not be intimidated by the world and by what they say and realize, greater is he that's in me. If you don't get this, if you don't get this, you'll be a weak, mealy-mouthed Christian that's afraid to stand up for anything. But when you know the greater one's living on the inside of you, you like Clint Eastwood. Make my day. Amen. you got to know that. How do we, how do we release the greater one on the inside? Of well, Jesus, go about your day with a... Listen, I like to think of it this way. The Spirit of God loves to hang around people that have good attitudes. He said... Say and make known in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks to God for all things. I have to work on that. How about you? I have to work on it, giving thanks to God for all things. I find myself being grumpy. There was one time I was being grumpy one day. You've never been that way, I know, but I'll tell you what it's like. I was just... Now, I'm not, I'm not grumpy with people, but I'm grumpy about things. You know, I can get all grumpy because you know the cap isn't coming off right or something i'm thinking it's just a stupid cap but the lord said to me one day i'll never forget this and it's, it's helped me tie, work on adjusting this i'm not perfect yet i'm still working at it but it's helped me to adjust my attitude he, he said you know who you sound like I thought oh. he's probably gonna tell me my dad <laughs> but he didn't tell me my dad he said you sound like the israelites in the wilderness He said, all the good things I've done with you and you're complaining because you can't find something or this went, this isn't acting right. I thought, ooh, that hurt. The Lord hit me a low blow. Oh, I wish he said my dad. But he said the Israelites. I thought, that's not good because they didn't make it. So I thought, you know what? I got to work on this and not get so, you know, uh, I'm not grumpy with people, but I just get the bad mood because that ain't going right and this ain't going right and that ain't going right. And I was like, yeah. And what, what the Bible says, what I'm supposed to do is give thanks. <coughs> well, either we right or wrong, feel great conviction going on in the room right now. One last scripture. Come on, let's get here in. We're closing. Ephesians. <coughs> So you gotta know the greater ones in you. If you're gonna thrive and survive, you gotta know the greater ones living inside of you. And Paul said, stir up the gift of God that's in you. What does that mean? That means, man, you gotta sometimes you gotta stir things up when you're in the house of the Lord. Let me know that. Yeah. So I wish these you know, I wish these people weren't so dead. Well, how dead are you? Well, that one never big. It's like a, one woman said, a minister, i never forget her saying, she says, if everybody's like you, would we have revival? I thought, well, that's soul-searching, isn't it? Yeah. A years ago, I heard Rodney Howard Brown say that he was preaching one time, and he said that a guy in the back of the church had a heart attack and died. He said, so we called the paramedics. He said they carried out three rows for they found a dead guy. I've heard, that. I've, heard that. I've heard that. I've heard people say that. I think was like, well, you know, uh, we just need revival. And I'm looking at them saying, you're about the deadest person in the whole church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. What are you talking about revival? Why don't you take a lap or something once in a while? Or <laughs> the ones that say there's no love in this church? They're always the ones that don't walk in love. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love, even, if they, it's like a lady said to Doctor Berkeley one time. She came to him. She said, "I'm leaving." She was an older lady. She said, no, "You got to be respectful, but sometimes you got to even tell old people the truth." Sometimes, uh, she, she, she she said, "I'm leaving the church." He said, well, "Well, why are you leaving?" She said, "There's no love here." He said, "Sister, the fact that we let you stay proves we walk in love." Oh, wow. <laughs> he said, "Cause she was the biggest child in the whole church." Maybe that's why he travels a lot. All right. <laughs> His church can't take him full time. All right. All right. Ephesians chapter 6. you get something to do? Oh, yeah. Verse 16. Paul said this. He said, above all. He's talking about the armor of God. He lists all these pieces of armor, but he says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench some of the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, all of the fiery darts. What does that mean? If you quench them all, What happens? You win every time, right? So, so literally, what Paul is saying here, and I want you, I want you to get this now. What Paul is saying when he says, "Above all," I did a study on this. One of the meanings of that is to superimpose. Superimpose means to put something out in front, and that would, and that would make sense because it's the shield of faith. It's going to be out in front of you. So we've got to make sure that we keep our faith out in front of us in life. What does that mean? We, no matter what we face in these last days. Our faith needs to be out in front of us. So whatever we run into, it runs into the shield of faith first. In other words, we approach everything that's going to happen in these last days. We don't approach it by the negativity. We don't approach it in fear. We don't approach it in, in doubt. We don't approach it in unbelief. We approach it in faith. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 That. I've got promises, amen. I've got got promises to stand on. This is exactly why we've had all the faith teaching for the past 40 years because God knew what was coming down the pike. How many believe that? And he was getting us prepared and getting us ready. I feel sorry for those that rejected the faith message. Because I don't know what they're going to stand on when all the, when all the things that Jesus talked about, all of the Amen. pestilence and all the diseases, all the earthquakes, all that stuff starts happening. I don't know what these people are going to stand on, how they're going to live and how they're going to make it. But I know how I'm going to make it. I'm going to walk by faith. The Bible tells us, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, This is a victory that overcomes the world. Anybody know the rest of that? Even our faith. Listen to this. The message Bible, which you know, it's not really a translation, it's it's the guy told you what his thoughts about the scripture were. And if you leave it at that, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's not a translation. So it's funny, you know. It's like where Paul talked about our light affliction, you know, which is but for a moment, you know, it worketh forth so far, and works in the far more exceeding eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things we're seen, but the things which are not seen. The FI Bible says for these small potatoes. I thought, yeah, that's what life is if those are small potatoes yeah. compared to what's ahead for us, amen, yeah. compared to the, it's just small potatoes. But I love the, I love the, I really do love the message here where it says, the King James says, this is the victory overcomes the world in our faith. The message says, the conquering power that brings the, world's to, the world to its knees is our faith. Amen. Faith is the conquering power that will bring the world to its knees. So the, the last thing that you're going to have to do, if you're going to be, these aren't the only things, but this the last thing I got. I'm sure, I'm sure God could give you more. But you've got to make sure you keep your faith strong in these last days. We don't need to move on from faith teaching. I know this wasn't necessarily what you call faith teaching today. But yet in a sense it is. Because it's preparing us. But we don't need to move on from faith teaching. We don't need less faith teaching. We need more true Bible faith teaching Amen. from the Word of God Amen. so that we're ready to face whatever comes. Amen. Isn't that right? right. Yes, See, like when the next pandemic hits, we're not off in fear over it. We're in faith over it. We're in faith. Amen. I'm not denying the sicknesses and the stuff that it it won't kill people. It did. It, it killed people. But r- fear is a sure open door for these things to take place in our life. We have to live by faith. Amen. Amen. Did you get something today? Yes, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up. Praise God for His Word. Amen. How to survive, how to thrive in the last days. Let me, let me give them to you as we close out. Number one, don't leave the Bible. Folks, stick with the word. Amen. 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 I don't care what's popular, what's not popular. You know, what society has accepted, what the church has accepted. Some Summon the church, if there's still the church. Don't leave the Bible. Number two, make sure you have extra oil. Don't do less than what you used to do. Do more. More prayer. More fellowship. More church. Amen. Uh, watch what you're focusing on. Don't focus on the bad. Don't focus on the news. Amen. And hey, let me just say something too, because this has been ha- this has been happening in the church. Don't talk politics all the time. Amen. Why? You know, I, I'm just as I'm just as passionate about politics as you are, maybe more. But I've made I've tried to make a conscious effort that I don't preach about politics every time I get in the pulpit. I preach the Word of God. Amen. Now, you know, sometimes you have to talk about things. Don't misunderstand me, but I'm not going to make church about that. There's much, 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 much more exciting, faith-filled subjects to talk about than Washington, D.C., believe me. You know, one guy said, if if your right hand doesn't know what your left hand is doing, that's where you belong, in Washington, (laughs) D.C. That's probably the truth. Next, you need to know the greater ones living inside of you. And he's greater than all those antichrist spirits that are out in the world. Number, the next one, I don't know how many numbers there were here, but you, the next thing, last thing, you've got to keep your faith strong. Amen. Keep feeding on the, the scriptures. Amen. Keep feeding on, Get drag your faith tapes out again. Tapes, CDs, whatever it is that we listen to now. I still like cassettes, I just don't have much to play them, but Drag them out. Amen. Amen. We still need them. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word today. Praise God. Amen. Lord, we're not only going to survive the last days, we're going to thrive in the last Amen. days. Amen. Because you're not just into just us surviving. You're not just a surviving God. You're a thriving God. Amen. And you're a thriving Savior. Praise Amen. God. And so, Lord, help us, all of us. I know some things we said today are strong, maybe, but yet. Uh, you know, it's the meat of the word that will cause us to grow up and be strong. And so we thank you for it. Help us get these principles, these, these truths in our spirit and, and be strong in these last days. Not, not, be, not be a weak person, but a strong person, a strong believer. Hallelujah. 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 Full, of the, full of the word, full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's just lift our hands and thank him right now. I'm going to turn over to the pastor Him in just a moment, but just for a moment. Father, we thank you, and we worship you right now. Yes. Praise the Lord. Is there someone here this morning that you keep having reoccurring, like sinus issues,